You are, you are now tuning in to Reform Raza. Our aim is to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Expect practical theology and a draw to be biblical. So if you ask us who we do this for, because this is for the last. This is Reform Raza. My name is Martin Velasquez alongside with my brothers. This is Justin Corona. And what up, everybody? This is Brother Vic. Do not forget to hit us up at reformraza.com. With any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, you can send us an email, leave us a comment right there on the website. We're going to guide you towards the website now. Everything Reform Raza, go to the website. And then from there, you could go everywhere else. Go everywhere else. Get your merch on. Also, we got that one shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Join the movement. Uh, get your Reform Raza shirt at reformraza.com. Brought to you by Wrath and Grace. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not brought to you by Wrath and Grace. It's we are partnered with Wrath and Grace. There's a difference. Either, to way, you. either way, shout out to Wrath and Grace. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, <laughs> shout out to it is. shout out to Johan. Shout out to Johan, and don't forget to leave a five star review on Apple Podcast. We still haven't found the culprit who left the was it three stars or the one star? Four. If we left four stars, four stars. Yeah, no, it was one star, right? Oh, four stars. Oh yeah, it was four stars. We yeah. didn't get that that five, but we got a four. If you are the culprit, please present yourself to the grand jury. And you know what? After some time about thinking about that, I think I understand. I I hesitate to give anything a full five stars. Man, maybe it's just me. I'd be throwing five stars out there like none. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. <laughs> but anyways, uh, yeah, man. So finally, we're doing this episode. It was postponed a little bit, but we're going to get it in. And, you know, so we've been talking about the gospel, right? I think... This whole podcast is to really just go in deeper into the gospel. Our very second episode of season one was, you know, what is the gospel? And so I think from everything that we've done, we try to keep it gospel centered. So every topic, every situation that comes up, we always want to, you know, go back to the gospel. And I think lately we've just been feeling the conviction of just being gospel centered. And within the gospel, we have to deal with the topic of death. You know what I mean? Um, this year has been crazy, crazy, you know? I think this year is going to be going down in history as one of the just, like, insaneest, insane years that anybody... Dang, you're just making up words now. <laughs> you know, like, is that in the dictionary or... <laughs> the insaneous, you know what I mean? You know, and who, who would have thought, you know, that, um, last year in 2019, we had prophets... Everywhere saying this is the year of vision, 2020, you know, and this and that, yeah, and it turned out, yeah. And so 2020 has really led us to really just um, look at reality, the reality of things, and just it caused, at least for me, and you know, a few others to really just look deeper within themselves, believers and non-believers, to really just um, search for truth. You know what I mean? I think that's what everybody's after: truth. And the truth is, you know, starting in February, you know, we got hit with the with the whammy. We lost one of the great. I'm, I'm gonna say this. I don't care what you guys say. 
the greatest basketball player, Kobe Bryant. Hey, you can you can hate on me. People are gonna be like, no, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. But Kobe, man, Kobe was my guy. So we lost Kobe in the beginning of the year, and you know, every time someone you know dies that I hear a celebrity, whatever it is, where it's a close person that I know, it makes me wonder what happened to them what happened to their soul you know what i mean we may see kobe out there with you know millionaire worldwide known but what really did happen to his soul you know i i don't i can't i don't i don't know if he was a believer you know what i mean supposedly he was a catholic i don't know um but we're we're forced to look at death so how do how do we as christians um, it may seem easy, right? Like we see, we see, we hear Christians. Nah, I'm not afraid of death. And you know, when we become believers, all of a sudden we're not afraid of death, right? But I don't think so. I think it's a, it's it's deeper than than the typical answer that we get. You know what I mean? And I don't even think we talk about it as much as we should. Well, as a believer, there is still that natural fear of just that that um, process of just. Mm-hmm dying in itself Mm -hmm. Uh, we may not fear the outcome of the death Um, if we are secured in Christ we're not in fear I guess in that outcome as far as hell and heaven Mm -hmm. but there is still that fear of the process of death yes how that how is that gonna be for me in my life how am I gonna die am I gonna experience pain is it gonna be something in my sleep Uh, we just don't know but uh, like you mentioned, through 2020, it's been a real sobering year for many people. I mean, past Kobe, many people have also lost loved ones from uh, COVID. Mm-hmm. And then even, yeah, and then even just further, just just in general, we just lose people from various diseases, from cancer, from um, people just passing in their sleep. So it's, it's only necessary that we as Christians should look to death. I mean, even the Bible tells us that we are to die to ourselves. So, and, and, you know, Jesus will even go on to put, you know, to carry our cross, which means to prepare for death in this walk, in this, in this, in this Christian walk. So as a Christian, we are now led to question, not question, but take a look at death soberly and how in view of death, we can better live a life of purpose in Christ. That's what I think. Yeah, because no one's exempt, not even believers. You know, we had uh, Mr. Solo from the Gospel Gangsters, OG and CHH, just suddenly collapse, walking out of his pad. He just dropped to the floor. And no Christian is exempt from sudden death either. You know, and so we are forced to, to look at it. You know whether we want to or not. And I think, and I think, you know, a good question, one that Justin asked is, um, how we consider our own, our own death. You know, have 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 we really looked and thought about, you know, when is going to be that day that I die? Am I going to die an old man? Am I going to see my kids grow up? Am I going to see my grandchildren? Am I going to die tomorrow? Am I going to die next week? How is that going to happen? Am I going to die of cancer? Am I going to get murdered? Am am I just going to suddenly collapse like so many do? 
what's going to happen to me. And I don't think we, we asked some a couple questions um, on Instagram. We're going to go through them. And one of them was, you know, um, do you do we as Christians fear dying? And mostly everybody said no. And I think like four people said yes. Shout out to the honest ones. Whoever said no, y'all liars, man. For I didn't real. know they weren't honest. <laughs> I think we all fear death. Not not fear death. Let me erase that. I think we all fear at the process of dying, how you were saying. Yeah. I certainly do. I'm not gonna lie. How is that gonna come about? Yo no sé, primo. <laughs> <laughs> And, and especially also too in, in the Latino culture, right? The other Los Muertos just passed. And so we have this concept that, you know, no one truly dies. You know, and we have the movie Coco, which explained everything, right? As long as you put the picture out there and give the ofrenda, then your loved one is going to be able to have life still in a sense and still be kept uh, in a living stage after death, right? And so we would like to think of something like that, which would be beautiful that that's all we could do is put a picture up and give an ofrenda and our loved ones will still have life somewhere. And that one day when we die, our loved ones are going to be putting pictures of us so that we'd be united with our deceased loved ones. And then it's going to be this heaven. But unfortunately, that's not that's not that's not so, you know. The Bible tells us uh, what happens after death. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. After death comes the judgment, right? And so these are things that should drive us as believers to um, really be gospel-centered in our evangelism, in our lifestyle, in the way as Deuteronomy um, 6 says that to teach our children, you know, the ways of the Lord, um, you know, put it, put it up on your walls, on your doors, and talk about it at your table. To love our wives, as Christ loved the church. Everything should be um, guided by this, because the reality is, is that we don't hold fast to the truth. Severe consequences will be that that eternal punishment in hell, right? So, I guess we could start with a question then for us here. Um, and you as a listener, of course, as we ask these questions, whether you were able to answer on the Instagram or um, even now, you could just add to them just with yourself. But uh, for us, have you as a Christian considered death? More specifically, your own death. And we could go around and ask. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer first then. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like for myself, it wasn't until about three years ago, I really just considered my own death. Um, not in a way of, uh, of course, not planning my death, but just the, 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 uh, the, the, the steps that would happen after I die, I guess. Not so much for, for me being secure, because I feel like I am, I am secure in, in, in Christ. But three years ago, we had a friend, a good friend that passed away in his sleep. Uh, he was uh, 27, my age right now. And he, I, I mean, as far as, I mean, he just passed away in his sleep. And with that, he left his wife and his two, two, his two children. So since then, I, 
I, I was just more alert and, and just sober to the reality of um, our mortality as humans, that we will not live forever. And, and, and then Balikum and I, each, any one of us could, could pass away, whether car accident, anything like that. And, and then even too, just to hear about my friend that had passed away in his sleep, I never even considered that as as, an, as something that would happen yeah, to crazy. someone as young as, as me. Yeah. So even then, uh, I, I believe that it is necessary for a Christian to look at their, uh, not look at their death, but to consider it because it brings us back to the scriptures when it says that tomorrow isn't promised to anybody. And am I really putting full effort to do God's will while I am here every day, knowing that it can be taken away as, as easy as me going to sleep and not waking up for real. Because now, I mean, I mean, we, we know this, right? We know that we, um, in Christ, we will still be held accountable for the, for any words we say, anything we do, do and not do. Um, but at the same time, like, is there an urgency? I mean, is there a, uh, uh, a priority over that are we really caring about the things we do and say to people around us or are we um spiritually um uh, procrastinators are we spiritually putting off things that we can do today because we feel as though tomorrow is promised to us and i know when that happened um within our circle it really made me question that a lot Am I being, am I placing a priority over things in my day-to-day life? Am, am I really um, looking at my daily schedule with a perspective of that I may pass at the end of this day or I may go at any time? And, and for me, I, I think it helped in a sense me as a better husband and a father because now it pressed me that anytime I left my family, whether it be to go, um, for example, this coming to record an episode or even just to go anywhere where I would leave my family. It, it presses me to, to continue to remind my family the love I have for them and, and really just make an, uh, a priority to be with them when I am with them, to be them, to be with them presently. You know, we, we could be so distracted on our phones. We could be distracted by by every other thing. And I get convicted sometimes. Sometimes I'll find myself on my phone or I'll find myself reading and I see my son just playing video games. And it'll be like that for like an hour, two hours. And I'll be convicted. I'll be like, man, like two hours went by and I could have spent more time with my son. I could have prioritized a better time with him. But, um, but yeah, for, for me, I have considered death and and it's been a plus in that way that it, it brought a sober reality of tomorrow not being promised. Yeah, as we're talking about this whole topic, uh, I've been silent this whole time, but in my mind, I'm just like thinking of all these scriptures that, that are talking about death. And uh, I'm reminded of the book of Ecclesiastes, how... Uh, Solomon would just go Everything is vanity Everything is meaningless Every time I read the book of Ecclesiastes I always think of him as like in This old grumpy old guy that lived life And it's like man everything is meaningless Parties are meaningless uh, Building things are meaningless uh, You know 
this guy's just saying the meaningless of life. And even in the in the book Ecclesiastes, he says, better to go to the house of mourning than to go to a house of rejoicing. Because when you go to a house that's mourning, you know, in regards to death, you're able to ponder about life. You're able to think about what's going to happen when I die. What a legacy or, or what am I going to leave behind or, or, or what's, what's going to happen when I die? And to, to, to go back a, a little bit back of uh, what we were talking about, you know, about the fear of death and everything. I think um, it's natural for someone to to not want to die. It's natural for, for someone to. I could even say it's natural for the body to fear death because in reality, nobody wants to die. I mean, even um, a, a Christians can say that, oh, I don't fear death. I don't, but the process of death, right? That process of death It's just like man What's that gonna be like What What's it And it makes you really question Not even just a A Christian But it, it really makes someone question What What is life really about What What What's going on right here And um Man a lot of people A lot of Christians can say like Man I'll, I'll, I'll be willing to die for the gospel I'll be willing to die for this But when I think about death It's like Are you even living for the gospel it's not like, are you willing to die? Are you, are you, what are you doing right now in regards to the gospel? Because for the Christian, the, the, the end goal is to, is to, to, to be with Christ, to, 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 to be with him forever. And me, when I think about in regards to my own death, I, I've thought about that. Like, what's, what would happen if I wasn't here? What would happen if, uh, just like how Justin mentioned, our, that friend of ours that, that didn't even wake up, I mean, do we realize that even right now, like even breathe for a moment, that's the breath of God that is given to you, borrowed to you. And at any moment, God can just take it back because it's not even your life. That It's not even yours. Your breath that you're, you're, the breath that you're breathing right now is not even yours. So there's at, at times where I'm just like, God, just take me right now. Like I'm done living in this world of sin. I'm done living here. Just take me now. And there'll be other times where it's like, wait, I'm not, I'm not done in this life yet. I'm not done here. So every time I wake up, I, I was thinking about like, man, thank you, God, for, for allowing me to wake up. Because what if one day I don't wake up? What if one day uh, all of a sudden I get a heart attack and then I, I cease to, to, to live? Anything can happen at any moment. But me, when I reflect about like, like death and how does that affect me, I want to hear those words from God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the kingdom that's been prepared for you. I'm reminded of Jesus in John chapter 14 when he says, uh, do not be afraid. I go to prepare a place for you. In my father's house are many mansions. If we're not so, I wouldn't have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back so you may be with me where I am. And so me, when I think about death, like that's that's where I want to get. No Christian wants to hear those words, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. So me, uh, just me personally, I just want to make sure that I'm doing, uh, not doing, I'm living according to God's ways. At the end, uh, you know, 
put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ no matter what happens. But I want to make sure that I'm living according to his word. I want to make sure that I'm honoring God with my life, with my thoughts, with with every action that I take so that when that moment comes, of course, right now I'm assured, but even more assured that when that moment comes, I will hear those words. Yeah, and I think we have a good example in the Apostle Paul who had a dilemma of death. He said, you know, he said, although I would like to be with Christ, you know, and that's, I would love to be there. Of course, that's going to be, that would be better than being in this world. But he says, I would, I'm not done yet. I would rather stay here for your benefit. And so the Apostle Paul lived in a way of that conscious, being conscious of death, but being, but working for the gospel until his time was, was was finished. So he I believe that he lived in, in, in his life in, in in the view that his death was is it, it's not gonna be able to stop his own death. So he built up the church, planted many churches and edified the body, went to prison because he knew that his life was not his own. And that I mean that's 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 our only comfort in, in life, right? But that's our only hope and comfort in life as Christians that we are not our own. And so, yeah, so when it comes to, you know, me, I was forced to look at death when I was 19, when I saw my homie got shot, he was in a casket. And just to see his see him full of life one day and then see him in a casket the next day was, was a crazy experience. And then, you know, that same year, my other homie, he committed suicide. He blew his head off with a shotgun. That's a horrible way to go. So me being, you know, in the streets as a non-believer, you know, it would force me to look at my own death and be like, man, where am I going to go when I die? You know? And so I've, if because of those experiences, I, I've always had that view of, of that death is for certain and as a believer, it's like, what am I, um, what am I leaving behind? You know, if if I were to die today, will my children continue in the gospel? Will my wife continue in the gospel? That's that. I mean, that's that's my personal dilemma. That that. Have I done enough to assure them of the faith of Jesus Christ that they would, if I wasn't here, that they would continue in it? Or would my death um, stop them? But see, that's that's where our assurance in the gospel comes from. Yeah, exactly. The sovereignty of God. Exactly. But that's just my human perspective. Yeah. So me personally, I'll live my life knowing that if I were to die, that my, my family would continue. In the gospel without me You know So as believers then You know In general How do we live Or how should Or how The the first question we asked on Instagram right Yeah exactly Which was How does um, Let me have it How does Your view of death Affect the way you live Right Mm -hmm. So we have We have a few responses one was to live in faith, peace, joy, and forgiveness. Um, yeah, I mean, when in view of death, 
it can affect the way we live that uh, that we would you know continue in step with the spirit i mean only i mean this is a perspective too that that we can also take to heart is that here we can practice mercy and grace towards other people because in heaven we won't be able to show grace and mercy to people because no one will be sinning against us so here now let us practice more so grace and mercy to other people and even and even justice sometimes mm-hmm. right is necessary to practice justice so while we here we are able to as as god um has his attributes we are able to practice these communicable attributes while living today because when we are with christ in the life after we won't practice these things so more so now we can do that um another response that we were given was to cause me to live with an eternal perspective and hold temporary things loosely uh man how much more that is needed today especially with social media and everyone's just um trying to get the best thing trying to buy the next best thing right the newest iphone the latest um i don't know playstation the bigger tv the better car um it does cause us to live in that that eternal perspective it causes us to live in a way where we see things as temporary that you know what whether i i live today and die tomorrow this car that I have is temporary, so there is no, I should not place a priority to get the next, the next best thing to uh, burden my life, to, to try to afford these fancy things when I could just live a simple life and still have more benefit in that. Because at the end of the day, the scripture says, moth and rust will come and destroy, but the things that are heavenly will last forever. So these, these, Christ will life last forever. His words are eternal. So let us sow more into these things. I think if, if we would, um, as Christians, as believers, um, look at death more, it would cause us to live differently in every aspect of our lives. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think this is a topic that needs to be spoken about more. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think in one way, too, though, uh, viewing death and the way we live, I think that would cause us to to love more. Yeah. I mean, the word of God says faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Even uh, loving our neighbor, because uh, sometimes uh, I have a hard time <laughs> loving some people. But, I mean, uh, it, it causes you to, to notice that either... One day, uh, either one of us can go out, and then we're not even—we don't even have the answer to, to, to when or anything. But me, I—I'm I, reminded of, of my coworkers as we're talking. Like me, I—I I, I try to tell them like every every uh, every time I get to 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 share the gospel with them. There's moments where where they're sta- when they're alone and and they kind of call me over. I'm like, God gave me an opportunity. Let's talk. And it's just me and them one on one, or just a. Uh, it, me, me. The emphasis for me is just uh, it, it just caused me to, to love them more, share the gospel more, and uh, and to love. Yeah, just, but, just love but them more. you you bring up okay, that that's good, right? That's that's how that's how we should live. 
but we're going to be faced with situations with people that we have shared the gospel with or you know our loved ones that we didn't see them come to salvation or someone that we know that was at work or someone and they just straight rejected christ and then they die so how do we deal with um the loss of us either a saved with loved one a co-worker someone that we knew someone that we knew that wasn't a believer and then they die well you said a saved loved one unsaved oh my bad <laughs> good, good catch i meant to say unsaved so then first <laughs> how then do we deal with the death of an unsaved loved one family member co-worker somebody around us that was um, and, and, and by this, I mean, someone can say that, how, how would we know if they were saved or not? Yeah. Well, from what we see, right? I mean, we can look at one person's life that lived a life contrary to God, and we could genuinely say that they were not saved. I mean, at the end of the day, we don't know, but I mean, it, it will bear fruit, right? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think yeah. that's the obvious thing that, that people shy away from actually saying because it may seem harsh, but the reality is a believer will bear fruit. Yeah. I mean, there are there. I mean, people point to the instance of the um, the thief on the cross, right? But I don't see that. That's not a common situation. Exactly. You know what I mean, don't wait till the last minute and be like, oh, I'll just give my life to Christ at the end. You probably won't have time to do that. You never know how you're going to go out. Yeah. You know, that thief on the cross, you know, had time, but people die suddenly. You know what I mean? Uh, how, how, how do we look at it? It's a hard question to ask, and we don't want to be like, whoa, you know, they went to hell. That's something you should not do. The number one rule, if you're dealing with the death of an unsaved loved one, coworker, whatever it is, do not be like, well, he didn't believe the gospel, he's in hell. That's why you should repent and believe. That is not the way to do it. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, don't throw low key shots by posting on Facebook and like, oh, everybody's morning, but he went to hell or something like that. Yeah, don't well, be, don't be a jerk. Yeah, but what's that jerk. one church that goes around and, and saying that they're in hell? Westboro Baptist Church is that the yeah. one where they, they they call gay people like? Well, I, I just remember when uh, Paul Walker died. Oh man! And they said that he's burning in hell. At his funeral, they had signs like that. that that's see, that's not right. That's not showing yeah. the love of Christ. See, even God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. How are we supposed to do that when God doesn't even take pleasure in that in, in, in His in Himself? So, what well, well, I think though, um, when when it comes to this question, I mean. <laughs> We're called to mourn with those who mourn, and I love what one of the one of the people that answered this question, her response, and it kind of it edified me. You know what I mean? It really did. And um, it says the question was, "How does no no?" Whoa. I think the question was, "How do we deal with the <laughs> death of an unsaved love?" Yeah. So she yeah. says, uh, "Hold on, my bad. Trying to get it right. Okay." Okay, she said, drives me back to God in prayer, asking him to equip me to share the gospel more. I think that's a really good response. We we mourn, you know what I mean? Yeah. We mourn. You know, we ask God those hard questions. God, why didn't this person get saved? I was ministering to them. 
what can we do? You know what I mean? We just go back and pray and like, Lord, just equip me more to share the gospel more. I mean, I think I think also with dealing with the death of an unsaved loved one, you're going to get people that come at you that, that will question God. That will say, if God is so good, then why did he let this happen? Or if God is all powerful and he knew that this person was going to die this way, why did he let this happen? If he's so, you know, I was reading up some stuff and then there's this question. If God is so good. Uh, either God is, is is so good and he's not powerful or he's so powerful, but he's not good. Those questions always arise. And I just want to reflect on, on that on that response right there, because that gives you the opportunity to share the gospel like because we're always, we're always thinking, if God is so good, why let this happen? Or why does it have to be like this? But then there's a missing factor that people seem to forget. Sin. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's, that's the real issue. Why did this happen? Because of sin. And even going back to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 3, about the fall. One of those things was death was going to happen because of the fall because of the curse that now you you were taken from dust from dust you shall return for by you were uh, i forgot how it went but for out of it you came and to back you will go from you'll go back to mm-hmm. dust and so that gives us the opportunity of well, no this wasn't this wasn't the way that god intended but because of sin this is the curse that, that, has, that has been placed upon us. And now you can share about why Jesus had to come in the first place. Why is the gospel so important when it comes to death? Because it wasn't supposed to be like this. And then, you know, from, from the Bible, from the beginning to end, you know, beginning that it was all good. Then death came. And then throughout the whole Bible, it's about how, how God is going to redeem his people. And you get that everything at the end game in Revelation chapter 21 of how it's going to be like again. But that gives you the opportunity to share the gospel because I'm pretty sure someone's going to come up to you and say, why, if God is so good, why did this happen? And that gives you in return the opportunity to share the gospel. And, and not only that, but another question arises too, like how can we rejoice in heaven knowing that our loved ones are not there with us? And that, that one comes up a lot too. Like how am I supposed to enjoy heaven knowing that my loved one is suffering in hell? How can I do that? And for that, I have a couple of scriptures. In Isaiah chapter 6, um, when Isaiah sees the glory of God, he's just overwhelmed with the glory of God. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips and a nation with people of unclean lips. So th- when you're in the presence, in the holiness of God, And you see how holy and righteous he is. The first thing you're going to recognize is how sinful people are. But when it comes to us as believers, when we when we get to there, when we get to heaven, what is Revelation? How you just mentioned right now, 21 say that he will wipe our tear away, tears away. There will be no more pain, no more sorrow. So those concepts are removed. Sin is going to be removed. So therefore, we will, we will be able to bestow the glory of God because we would be made new. We're going to be made have new bodies with glorified bodies. And we would be able to see how sinful and how wicked sin really is. 
and I, and as tough as it is we're not going to feel that sorrow we're not going to feel that pain for that loved one we're going to be in the glory of god fully satisfied in him and we will see how good his justice is and how good his mercy was on us that i don't think that we're gonna sorrow for our lost loved ones as hard as that is right now that should push us as as you just said to share the gospel to make sure that they are there with us but i don't think we're going to be suffering in heaven for our lost unsaved loved ones you know but that should push us to be accurate in the gospel to be evangelistic and to make sure that whoever is around us hears the gospel from us yeah and I, and i think with that question too there was a similar theme to the answer um another person went on to say like i ain't got nothing to lose mm. uh, meaning that you know what better sobering thought than knowing that an unsaved loved one passed away that now like you mentioned like now all the more shouldn't i go out and preach the gospel to people mm -hmm. that i know do not know christ as their savior the lord their god but uh, one of the answers really really has me thinking and 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 like as we're talking about death just what is our perspective really because an answer that we do that we did get was um in regards to this question was having faith that they did it they that they did get saved in their final moments now the question again was how do we deal with the death of an unsaved loved one um and then for an answer such as this that we are to have faith that they did get saved in their final moments i mean that's placing a big emphasis on something we do not know anything about yeah i mean unless we were there with them in their final moment and was able to be a witness to that i mean that's beautiful but to have a faith in something that's not very certain at all uh man that, that's false hope if anything it should like we mentioned it should push us to want to share the gospel more so to people not not saying that um that we're gonna push people to god because there's a difference if if we're making it a goal to preach the gospel then we will do so um with love and, and we will we, we would do that right but if we're making an emphasis to see people um uh, i guess you would say come to the gospel we're almost forcing people to something they don't want mm -hmm. And that's something we don't want to get to either because then it will become almost like that Lord, Lord moment. Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? But yet God will say, I never knew you. And that's interesting. The one thing in that scripture that that doesn't say, doesn't say, Lord, Lord, did I put my faith in you? Lord, Lord, didn't I trust you? No, the emphasis was wrong. I said, Lord, Lord, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Yeah. The one thing that they should have done is put in their faith in Christ. And to, as you were saying, that, that kind of, um, to have that kind of 
focus kind of takes the responsibility off of ourselves. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hope that they made it. Yeah, it, it's it's almost like that. Then then it comes into that that um, that um, that view of really how we're doing the gospel. Mm-hmm. We see these big events and we say that this many souls got saved that night. How how self, how selfish is that, dude? It, it's to- it's pushing people into salvation when really they could have just had a moment of just a seed sprouting and and burning up. Yeah, man. like they were just led by their emotions yeah, to man. this, but then later we see the fruit that they weren't really grounded in it. But instead, we are ushering people to salvation to get like a number count. Okay, okay, this person saved. This person saved. That's that's why I say it's selfish, man. Just for self deception. Exactly, and it's selfish because you want to look. You want people to see your ministry as successful, right? We had all these confessions of faith. And yeah, man, we did it, you know, but never actually following up on anybody or discipling or actually making sure that before you leave here today, I really want you to put your faith in Christ, because if you leave here today, you could die and this and that. And there's no follow up. How are you going to keep track of 50,000 people that give their life to the Lord? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, man. So let's let's let's. Let's be gospel-centered people. That the people who are around us, that they, that we know, that they heard the gospel from us, and that we would be willing vessels to put ourselves out there like that, even if they clown on us for the moment, or whatever. But if they get saved, they would be all worth it, right? Because they're gonna escape an eternal judgment of hell. But then, on the contrary, on the other side too. Um, how do we deal with the death of saved loved ones? Because saved um, people don't always die peaceful deaths. Yeah. yeah. You know, how do we deal with the horrific death of a saved loved one? Well, I think just in general, just the death of a loved one. Yeah. So just recently, uh, pastor, author, theologian, um, his name is Tim Challies. I think he's out of Canada. But... Also, Toby Mac, too. They lost their son, 20 years old. So Tim Chalice's son, um, he was, you know, I guess he was with his um, his fiance and a couple of friends and were just, I guess, um, just chilling or whatever. And all of a sudden, he collapsed and never regained consciousness and just suddenly died. 20 years old. So. I, I don't I don't know how I would react if my one of my children passed away. God forbid. Even as as a, as a Christian, as someone who loves theology, and I've placed my faith in the Lord in in, the, in times where you know I really had to trust Him for everything. I don't know how I would respond if one of my children passed away, dude. That would kill me, honestly. But yeah, I see. I, I saw. I was watching the funeral service that they were doing, and everybody was saying the same thing. He loved Jesus. He loved the Lord. He was really someone who really walked in step with his God. And although it was painful, you can obviously tell people were suffering, especially when his fiance went up. Like, you know, we were supposed to get married, and this and that. And then the parents got up, and like my son, you know, how do we, like we're suffering, but yet 
our hope and assurance is knowing that he truly did love the Lord. And what better pleasure for, for parents, although as painful, as tragic it is to lose one of your children, that they are at peace and assured because they did their duty as parents. Their children were believers. And that's one of the qualifications, not only for an elder in the book of Titus, but that should be just in general, every Christian parent to raise up our children to become believers. Because we never know when this is gonna happen. They might die at the age of 15, and they might die at the age of 20. Me, I was in rebellion and, and as a teenager, even as, as a 20 year old, I could have died. <laughs> but, you know, what, what, what better godly calling do we as fathers or mothers do we have to raise up our children in the ways of the Lord? I think when it comes to the death of a saved love or someone that did profess faith, it, it brings, it makes it easier to come to that step of acceptance. Um, preparing for this episode, I, I was listening to an, a series from Elizabeth Elliot, who was the wife of Jim Elliot, the missionary who died while going to, um, while on mission. I forgot where exactly, but uh, yeah, he, he was killed by the tribe that he went to go preach to. Um, but more than that, Elizabeth Elliot also had a, another husband that passed away. So she had two husbands um, that passed away. And one of the things that she shared was that though they were different with their different giftings and right now she has, she's She's married currently with her third husband. Um, but she was sharing that although each husband had their different giftings and what they did, they had a common theme, which was that they had the same savior, the same God. And she said that that's, that was her reassurance in that. And it helped bring her to acceptance, um, I guess more peacefully. She said when when her first husband Jim passed away, died, um, she for very brief moments felt the 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 pain of that. But she said because of everything that she was going through, she was going through leading this new school um, over in the mission field. She, I mean, she was over there. She was in the mission field, and so she had a lot under her plate that she couldn't just stop everything to grieve for weeks but she had to keep going and she said the, the thing that helped her was just knowing that they were in in the hands of christ but also to to um to do the next thing she 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 kept mentioning a, a number of times was to do the next thing basically getting through it day by day doing one thing at a time because sometimes i mean i see it today in just the living <laughs> we get overwhelmed when we have a number of things on our plate, tasks, we we burn ourselves, we get stressed out, we burn out. But she said what helped her was that assurance and doing the next thing, taking it one thing at a time, day by day. And when it comes to the death of a saved loved one, 
I think that 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 helps us in that process of grieving. But also too, um, it just reassures us. I mean, one of the other, um, what's it called? One of the other answers that we did have for that for that one was. Uh, oh, I don't have the answers here. Maybe you have the answers. More with those in a few moments. <laughs> no, um, as we're talking about this, you know, how do you deal with the death of a of a saved loved one? This is different from an unsaved loved one, because um, I'm reminded of two portions of scripture: Romans chapter eight, which is man, that's that's read Romans chapter eight. That that's a really good one right there. And I'm re- reminded of John chapter eleven, of uh, Romans chapter eight. Uh, I mean, I mean, let, let, let's. Let me t- let me talk about this because a lot of people think, well, well, God is my Father and He will never allow me to go through something like that. He will never allow me. I mean, when it comes to to persecution as well, being uh, dying for the faith, uh, being murdered or a car accident or or, or whatever it is, because that's that's when we went through with this question is martyrdom. We 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 kind of think that God will not allow that to happen to any one of one of one of us, but. I mean, if you look down at church history, a lot of people died for their faith, starting with the apostles. They all, they all died a, a, a really bad death. Even Jesus himself went on, went on the cross. And what makes us think that we're not going to go through something like that? But we are confident in what God has done. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16 Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8 is talking about about God uh, uh, bringing a redemption to not only just uh, his people, but also to the whole creation. That that whole fall is going to be restored once again. Romans Romans chapter 8, that's where we get that all things work together for the good of those who love him are called according to his purpose. But I mean, we, we can't we neglect the fact that things are are going to happen. And I, w- I would go to, to John chapter 11 and go with Romans chapter 12, where it says that we mourn with those who mourn to not be jerks when it when it comes to to, you know, someone who, who just just passed away, man. Uh, we, we mourn with our brothers because it does hurt. I mean, I mean, just. In our humanity, it hurts when someone dies. A family member, I love you. Just shared it right now, Martin. You don't know what would happen if, if if one of your sons died. And we are to mourn with those who mourn in the fact that they're gone, but we rejoice with them that we're gonna see them once again in eternity. And John chapter eleven is talking about the death of Lazarus, how how Jesus was. Um, was claiming throughout throughout the whole time, I am the resurrection and the life. And he tells tells Martha, Martha, do you believe this? Do you believe that I I am the resurrection? That in me there is life. And this is why it's so important the gospel and just to 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 keep keep our eyes focused on Jesus because even Jesus gets real. He he knows that he's about to resurrect Lazarus. He knows what's gonna happen, but yet he goes to where even the Jews in those times were mourning with Martha and he sees everything happening and one of the most comforting scriptures is Jesus wept that even 
even Jesus, knowing that he that he was he was uh, gonna resurrect Lazarus, he weeps with them. And then he says that that he was he Jesus wept and he was greatly troubled. And uh, I was listening to R.C. Sproul, and he's talking about when he, when he says that Jesus was greatly troubled. Uh, uh, another translation that he put is, is that not that he was like troubled like oh what's gonna happen but he was more angry at death because death is an enemy and even uh, the whole book uh, I mean, in the book of John you see how how, how Jesus how, how uh, John chapter John chapter 8 verse 51 I wrote it down right here he says truly truly I say to you if anyone keeps my words he will never see death John 8 52 if anyone keeps my word he will never taste death and even go back to to Hebrews where he, where he says that that he rescued us from the slavery of the fear of death and he tasted death for everyone so that yeah in this life in this physical form in our humanity we will die but we will live on because jesus took that death for us and now we live for an eternity and i'm just reminded that death is an enemy and when jesus wept and when he was troubled he defeated death even uh, uh in the book of first uh, or second corinthians paul says that last enemy to be defeated is death and together we will say, oh, death, where is your, vi- your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? And that's what we look forward to. That one day it's not going to be like this. But while we're here in this body, we mourn with our brothers. And we will rejoice with our brothers when we're in eternity with, yes, our family, but, but be in eternity with God and his people. And rejoice at Revelation 21. But... While in this body, we mourn with them and we rejoice with them at that fact. Well, thank you for skipping to the last question, you know, laying down the answer in the gospel and all that kind of stuff. Thank you for skipping ahead. Well, this I, is no, just <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I have another question, too. Yeah. We, us right. personally, us three, we've been reading through a book called The End of Christian Living by J. Todd Billings. Yeah. If, by the time this episode's out, the book will be out. Um, but if I mean, if you're able to go ahead and get that book, it is very insightful. Yeah, and it is very encouraging and edifying for us as a believer, because this man, J. Todd Billings, in 2012 was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And so, in another book, he goes on more in depth as far as that that whole um, situation in itself. But in this book, he is drawing the Christian believer. He is drawing us to really think about these things. What is our view of death? And how is that enabling us forward in the Christian, in our Christian walk? Um, and, it, and it reminds me a lot of, because recently, um, well, so the time that I have known my wife, she has been losing family members so during about the first few months of me being her friend in high school she lost her father and then fast forward a number of years a year after me and or actually yeah a year after me and her had been married she lost her mother and then fast forward a few more years she lost her sister to um, to um, Park, uh, not Parkinson's, Huntington's disease. 
but I was there as a witness and and even more so uh, to be able to mourn with her during e- during each of those. And it's interesting um, in a way of man, my my wife loves God. She has a heart after God. And in each one of those deaths, um, it was different because not everyone will mourn the same. Not every death is something that, yeah, we have the assurance that they're believers uh, for those that are saved when they do pass, but it doesn't make the, the grieving and the mourning all the more easier in the sense of its pain that it brings to the living because it, it is still painful and it still hurts. Recently, uh, my wife lost her sister, her older sister, to Huntington's disease. Um, and even though that one was more expected, as as much as terminal cancer or, or anything that is terminal, it was still hard to see someone go through that. To see someone... Um, I mean, when I first met my, my sister-in-law, she she was normal in the sense of like walking around talking able to do things on her own but then drastically it went south to where she wasn't able to speak she wasn't able to go places on her own by herself to the point where we always had to help her walk at times she was in a wheelchair and then even to the last uh, few months she was on hospice in a bed and it reminds me of that scripture in the Psalms that we are his sheep and that he will lead us to green pastures. He will, and, 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 and we see all these things that, that God will take us, you know, against our will. Sometimes we don't want these things to happen, but he will take us for the better. And then even then when uh, Jesus is talking to Peter saying that, uh, you will go or what I forgot exactly what he says, but he goes on to point out about how that um, in his old age, he'll be guided to go places that he doesn't want to go and things like that. Basically saying that, that that he won't have control to be able to go where he would want to anymore. And that's that's an old age or, or not an old age, but just in general, just as we get older, we see our, our, our grandparents, our great grandparents and they don't have a whole lot of control over their lives and so how do we also deal with that seeing loved ones in that state um i know andy minio in some of his songs was able to point that out about his grandmother um even then with his mother as well who had terminal cancer that passed away a number of years ago um how do we deal with these things as believers and and i'm continue to be comforted by ecclesiastes ecclesiastes um, in that that we move forward to those areas there I mean I'll be honest there will be times when we wanted to avoid some of these things because we don't want to be in, in a state of of gloom or, or a state of being sad because we see someone in pain or whatever it may be but it brings us all the more joy and grace to be able to be in those moments with those people to help them um and it, all, and it brings us to that sobering reality that things are temporary here. That there is a, an urgency to bring the gospel to all people. Paul, uh, 
to the Thessalonians and planted this church in the midst of persecution. So this church saw people, brothers and sisters, whom they loved, um, suffer to be killed because of their faith. And Paul tells this to them in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. He says, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And, you know, he's telling them, you know, don't be, don't grieve as those who have no hope. Don't grieve as world grieves. He didn't say don't grieve at all. He says, don't grieve as if you have no hope. We have a living hope in Jesus Christ that we will be with him. And the secondary benefit, that's the first one. Secondary benefit is that we will see those who are, who have died in Christ again. Would it be enough for us to go to heaven and only see our loved ones and have God still a little bit more distant? Or is God enough? I think that was one of our next questions too, right? Yeah. So in Philippians, I like how, how um, just in, in the whole book of Philippians, Paul goes on to really just pound in straining towards the goal, what our goal as a Christian is. But in Philippians 3, 12, he says, not that I have already obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And, uh, oh yeah, and then continuing in verse 15, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold to, only let us hold true to what we have attained. And what we have attained Paul uh, mentioned beforehand was the resurrection from the dead. And Paul in the first chapter goes on to say one of the most or one of the more quoted verses to live is Christ and to die is gain. But in light of what he already had been has already been going through as a Christian that that to, to live is Christ that for Paul during that time was facing sufferings as Christ did, going through persecutions, because nonetheless he would it would only give glory to God. But to die is gain because then he would have Christ. 
and 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 sometimes we may forget that that when we die we say oh you know they're in heaven they'll or, or we 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 think of death as if we're gonna go to heaven there's gonna be streets of gold and things like that but really the 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 goal or the prize of life after death is christ mm-hmm. heaven is the background mm-hmm. but really wherever christ is that's where we will go mm-hmm. and it, and if that really is the focus and our goal then really everything else will will fall into perspective in our life today if christ is our prize then it would only make sense that preaching the gospel will be something we do on a ba- on a daily basis to people instead of preaching well you know what um if you accept christ you'll go to heaven but it's like no that's not the purpose of heaven and that's not the purpose of the gospel if i if we have the purpose which is to be reconciled to god being adopted and being co-heirs with christ but the, the, the prize being that we will see Christ face to face. We will see God unveiled face to face. I mean, that's the goal there. We are not, our goal isn't to be in a place, but to be with whom our creator is. And those are the words that uh, Paul told Thessalonians. And so we will always be with the Lord therefore encourage one another with these words what better comfort can we have than to be with the creator of the universe what other greater um position to be in than to be held by the one who controls all things and just being with him like that's the beauty right there imagine just seeing God as he is that that should excite us forget you know the background I don't think we're going to focus on the background as much as when we first see him like we're going to see him like like we're going to see him <laughs> you know like like for real like we're going to see God like just think of if you have something, if you want something to meditate, something to ponder this week, just ponder seeing God. And that should fill us up with, equip us in, in every way, shape, and form that one day I'm going to see my Savior. And I'm going to be with Him. And He's going to be with me and He's going to wipe my tears away. And He will embrace me. Like, that's a beautiful thought right there. No, I'm just reminded as you're talking about that. I was looking for the scripture, but even in Exodus with uh, with Moses, I was saying, "Let me see your glory. Let me see you mm-hmm. for who you are." And God tells them, "You can't. Yeah. If no. you see me, you're gonna die." Yeah. And He says, "I'll let you see the back of me, but face to face, you're not. You, you can't see me." I mean, and in all that was that was explained that God was exclaiming about himself because no, nobody else can see him, but the Lord, the Lord, compassionate, uh, glory, 
who gives mercy to whom he, he will give mercy, the compassionate God. I mean, just imagine seeing God for who he is instead of God exclaiming that, we exclaiming that to God and affirming of who he is. The Lord, the Lord, glory, compassionate, who gives mercy. And then, I mean, just to give God the glory for his, the glory that he is due. And one day, it's going to be like that. We're going to see God for who he is, glorious. I mean, that's just, it's just crazy to think about because, I mean, me and my humanity, I can't think that, but it overwhelms me in a good way. Like, man, seeing and, God like that. Yeah, exactly. That, that should be our focus, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to see God. And so, then how, how does the gospel help us then um, deal with death? How, in light of the gospel then, you know, because if we talk about the beginning, since the fall, the punishment was death, right? And then the death of the first animal to cover the sin of Adam and Eve was a foreshadowing of what was to come. So throughout, from Adam to Eve, from Adam and Eve, you know, to Abraham, to Noah, they all sacrificed an animal, right? Death was always present to the establishment of the law and the with Moses, the, the yearly death of a sacrifice, being reminded, reminding the people about this death, that death has, has to ha, sin, the wages of sin is death. Therefore, you know, the bloody death of an animal every year until Jesus coming down, walking this earth, fulfilling that law to taste death once and for all for all those who would believe he defeated death he conquered it he took the keys away from death and he took the fear of death for those who would trust in him so that through his death and resurrection we might live as jesus says because i live you also will live so we as Christians no longer fear the afterlife. We may fear the process of getting there, but death has been conquered presently. Presently. That's a reality right now that death has been defeated. And death no longer keeps us bound and no longer entraps us or enslaves us or the fear of death doesn't. But we know that our Savior has conquered death. And because of Him, we have life. Presently as Christians. That's a present reality. So therefore, no matter the situation, the death of a saved person is always... There's always going to be a joy in that. There's always going to be a joy, a certain joy in that. Not that we're going to be happy, <laughs> but we're going to have joy knowing that this person who loved the Lord, he is with his Lord now. And when, when we die, we're going to be with our Lord also. So the gospel puts all this into perspective. And now we can, now because of the gospel, we can live like presently 
you know we can live right now like we're living we're living and we're going to continue to live because of jesus christ himself and that's why you know we put so much emphasis on the on, on the gospel because it is literally the keys to life because the one who is life has life and gives it freely to those who believe Romans 8 21 I'm telling you Romans 8 man <laughs> go, go read it what then shall we say to these things if God is for us who can be against us he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all how will he not also with them graciously give us all things who shall bring any charge against God the elect it is God who justifies who is who is to condemn Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised who is at the right hand of God who indeed is interceding for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation distress persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for your sake we are being killed all day long we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god in christ jesus our lord boom mic drop And that's what we look forward to. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And that's and how we live. The Bible isn't basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> that, that's a, a wrong misconception of what the Bible really is. It's it's basically a, a book for us to draw closer to who God is, that we may fall more in love with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's that's the purpose of theology in itself, that as I mean, that's the hope of the of theology, too, is that as we draw closer in the study of who God is, that it would lead us to doxology, that we would praise God for who he is, that we would love and, and want to serve this God that we are reading about in the Bible. So heaven, I mean, heaven, uh, death doesn't lead us to heaven, but it leads us to God. It leads us to the one who created us who loved us before the foundations of the earth and who had sent a redemptive plan that we would be secured in that. So this is the death of this episode now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, praise God, man. So don't forget, Rasa, hit us up. Refundrasa.com. Hit us up on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, leave us a message. You can still leave us a voice message on reformbrasa.com. That's going to send you everywhere. Hit us up on Spotify and Apple and give us that five star. Leave a comment in the comment section on Apple Podcast and let us know. You know what I mean? If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes, you can hit us up at reformbrasa.com. Also, too, we, I just want to apologize to all you listeners who have been faithful in listening to these episodes. I mean, man. It honestly, this, this these past months have been really busy yeah. for us. I'm, I mean, just just as an awareness, this isn't like our lives in doing just the podcast as much as we <laughs> would want it to be, where this would be our sole focus. But I mean, 
it, it, it has been a busy month and on top of that i mean we have other things going on in the background that we would want to share with you but not yet in time in time we it's would share time, with yeah. you our plans and what we have going on and behind big the scenes things, big things bro but um other than that from what we are able to share with you it, it really has been a busy month as much as we have been trying to get time to gather and, and be able to to just talk about certain certain episodes and things like that i mean for the rest of this season season two we do have a lot more planned out for you guys where, where we want to go some series some people uh, we are trying to get on for some episodes so i mean don't grow weary in listening to us <laughs> and waiting for us. I mean, but hey, uh, we're, we're going to have a dope interview coming up real soon. I wish I could disclose it, but it's going to happen. Check this out. And don't forget, man. I did. We forget to the end of the episode, man. Who knows who's listening still right now? Don't forget to hit a redeemed project radio. Yes. How did we forget that? Hey, I'm sorry, Arturo. I'm sorry, man. But hey, we've mentioned that redeemed project radio. Um, redeemprojectradio.com uh, you can live stream it um, 24-7 radio um, you can listen to Reform Raza Mondays at 10am and on 8pm I think is it 8 or 6? one of those two redeemprojectradio.com you can catch our episodes uh, Mondays at 10am 8pm uh, for Christ Cultura is on there Wrath and Grace Radio is on there oh man we just got Mario S. Crow live on there dang. dang bro and we got so many good podcasts the bar podcast is on there I mean the basement you know we got a bunch of good ones on non-stop CHH 24-7 go hit it up we got scripture reading from Streetlights Bible reading is that what it's called yeah, she likes audio Bible or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, and it's dope because they have, you know, artists just reading the Bible with like beats. sound effects or beats in the background, and it's pretty dope. So, um, there'll be a link in the episode notes as well for that where you can go and listen. And if the Lord will so put it in your heart to donate to that project because it, t- it takes money to run, um, although it's free for the listener, it takes money to run. Uh, if, the, if you would want to bless it with five bucks, ten bucks, a dollar, whatever it is, uh, we would be most uh, gracious to you if you would so do that. After you have given to your church, play metal. All right. So this is Reform Raza. We will catch you on the next one. Um, gracias for um, enduring with us. We do this to glorify God through the edification of the saints. Grow as we grow. Ratovatos. Later. Peace. It was just last week that my grandma died It's been years since I've seen family on my father's side A bittersweet moment, but tell me why Nothing less than a sting of death brought us together I sat and listened to the priest tell lies To appease loved ones in their seats When you're looking at a face that's weeping The grim truth won't bring them no peace So I put on all white gloves like Mr. Jackson Carried the casket to the Cadillac Then I realized this is the first time That me and my brothers ever did something together Whatever, I'm grown now, come on Let's just put on the smiles and take pictures Take pictures, uh Eat this humble pie to leave them dishes For somebody else to clean them until I see y'all again It's all breaking down
bad day, oh, oh, oh This won't be forever Till that day, oh, till that day, oh This won't be oh, forever, oh, yeah. this won't be forever I hopped off the plane My God, what a scene that I seen on that TV screen People huddle around, hands on their mouth, not again Same problem, it hit a new town 26 dead, 20 of them kids Where do you begin when some lives just ended? And everybody got the question If God's so good, how we let this happen? Is it mental health? Is it gun control? Is it we make superstars out of animals? Is it the movies we make? The video games? I don't know But God, I want an antidote All I know is this world is broken our sin is the reason it ain't like it's supposed to Words fall short, trying to comfort the grieving But you gotta know that it's hope to believe in One day my God gon' crack the sky He gon' bottle up every tear that we ever cried From truth to every lie Justice for every crime, all our shame will be gone And we'll never have to hide No more broken hearts, no more broken homes No more locking doors, no more cops patrolling No abusive words or abusive touches No more cancerous cells that'll take our loved ones No more hungry kids, no more natural disaster No child to ever have to ask 